the only thing I've ever had that glows is lubricant. I have, <laughs> I have like three bottles of like glow in the dark lube and it's like my nightlight as I go to bed on the, my bedside table. It's quite pleasant. It also ticks. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's something else in the drawer. <laughs> Females of History podcast, where we tell the stories of women through history that you should know about. I'm Talissa. I'm Erin. And I am Lucy. And this week, Lucy, you were telling us a little story about a, a little lady. I, I don't know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell? I was just patting. <laughs> it's actually a story about a couple of, well, actually, in the end, thousands of women telling the story about the Radium Girls, two of those in particular, Grace Fryer and Catherine Donahue. I Have you guys... No, heard never. Anything the about? Radium Girls. That yeah. is a boss title. That sounds like a girl band name. That's like, yeah, girl band. Like, I can just picture T-shirts. Uh-huh. Radium Girls, they've arrived. Yep. They've also been called the Ghost Girls. Um, when I was trying to f- look them up, I was looking up the Glow Girls and I kept getting the Netflix TV show, which was not... Glow. Glow, yeah, which was not what I was after. Very <laughs> different TV Very show. different women. <laughs> but, you know, like maybe a potential future episode. Anyway... I just want to start by saying that uh, I got this idea from a BuzzFeed article years ago that I read and I just loved it. It was one of those stories that was really, really compelling and horrifying. It's one that I've come back to and told people to read just because the story stuck with me. That was by author Kate Moore, who wrote an entire book on the topic. And I just want to say, hey, Kate, love your work. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to get into it now. 1898, Mary Sklodowska. Curie and Pierre Curie discover radium. Right, you guys have heard of those people, I assume. Four um, years later, Marie. Yes, yes sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I knew I knew the name Marie Curie. Yeah, yeah. but I googled her and and she's she ke- keeps her maiden name as well. Oh, so yeah. Sklodowska, I believe. So they discovered radium. Yeah, which What's is radium, Lucy. It's on the periodic table. Thank you, Talissa. That's it is on the periodic table. That's it's a chemical compound Mm -hmm. I believe it's dangerous like it's it's dangerous it's very useful very dangerous four years later um she isolates it and and they win the Nobel Prize for science for their discovery it's a big deal uh and then in 1911 she becomes the first person to win it twice and I think she's also the first woman to win it by herself because Pierre had actually died in a car accident a few years earlier and they don't award the Nobel Prize posthumously really yeah interesting or maybe at the time they didn't so yeah technically it was the two of them but he was dead so she got it anyway i'm not actually telling the story about marie maybe another episode though yes yeah maybe another episode no we're going to fast forward six years to 1917 which is during the first world war we're going to head to orange new jersey usa where 18 year old grace fryer has just taken up a job painting dials onto clocks to help out with the war effort. So they're using radium to, because it glows in the dark. So mm, they're using mm. a radium powder, uh, they're mixing it with a liquid to create a paint. And then they're painting the dials on the clocks, which was considered perfect work for women because we got little hands. And so hundreds and hundreds of women rock up to these factories, take up work. It pays around, I think, three times more than the average factory job uh, at the time. Did that suss anyone out? Did anyone go... I don't think so. I mean, because it was really, it was considered a, like a a good job for working class 
women at the time and particularly young women, like there were girls as young as 15 who were, who were working wow. in these factories and she wanted to do it because her two brothers were in the army and she was like, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to help them. I'm going to paint these glow in the dark Aww. watch styles. I feel like I, I had a watch that had a little glow in the dark spec thing, but it also had a little... Like tick. Ticking? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like a tick, tick. And like you go to bed and you'd be like, ah, sleep. And then you just hear tick, tick. And there's like an awkward glow as well. Like, the only <laughs> thing I've ever had that glows is lubricant. I have <laughs> like three bottles of like glow in the dark lube. And it's like my nightlight as I go to bed on the, my bedside table. It's quite pleasant. It also ticks. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's something else in the drawer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm just guy doesn't have radium in it. So Same. the paint that they were using was marketed. Well, the radium product was marketed as undark, which is actually kind of cool. Really, really, really bad for you. Right. So these young women, these girls were told to, they wanted to get a really, really fine line. Like so they're painting these tiny, tiny uh, mm. dials. And so what they did was they'd have to lick the nib of the brush. Oh, you know, like when you're sewing to, oh, you know, and you can't quite get it through the, the mm. needle, you lick it to make it go in and <laughs> shut up, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I wish I was more mature, but I'm not. <laughs> they're licking the nib of the brush with the radium paint on it. And every time they're doing that, they're ingesting radium. Now, just to like really hammer this point home, Marie died from leukemia and anemia she never acknowledged the effect that radium had on her health but her daughter and son-in-law also won nobel prizes which i didn't know that they also died from radium related illnesses this stuff is terrifying so now we know these days that radium is dangerous because it can form chemical bonds within our bodies that our bodies mistake for calcium and so our bodies are like oh hey calcium come into our bones yeah so we these yeah we can absorb the radium into our bones where the radium just goes mental. Like it just goes to work causing tumors, bone damage, leukemia and anemia. It's, I actually have this bolded, italicized and underlined in my document. Important point. (laughs) It's fucked. So (laughs) you literally imagine having an X-ray. You just light up like a bloody Christmas tree. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, that's it. We'll get to that. Oh, we'll get to that. That's her X-ray number. So the girls... <laughs> Wink at you. Yeah, they are actually. They are. Oh, really? Please cut that um, out. That's really embarrassing. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> no, but it's different. Um, So the girls, they obviously weren't told this. And they, they asked, like, a few of them were like, what is this that we're painting with? Like, it glows in the dark, kind of. This is unusual for the time. Like, it had only... It had just been I'm scubbing. growing extra she fingers. She won the Nobel Prize <laughs> for it only a few years ago. So they they, they weren't idiots. They, they asked. But the companies, the company which she worked for, which was called the United States Radium Corporation or the USRC said it was fine and that it would actually make them look really pretty. And the girls would... <laughs> if you ever want anyone to do anything dangerous, no, Joel, actually rat poison's really good for you. Plus, you will look like a million dollars. You will look hot. That is literally has been marketing heavily through the 80s and 90s. Really messed up. But would you believe it? These girls did and oh. they would even... Like, because it's kind of dark paint. Like, it's kind of cool. So, like, we're going to paint our teeth with this. We've been told it's safe. Like, yeah, they'd paint their teeth. They'd paint their faces. They'd paint their nails with this paint. Then they'd, they'd wear their prettiest dresses to work. And then they'd go out at night and 
they'd be like, hey, look at me. I glow in the dark. Aren't I beautiful? And I'd be like, wow, that's actually really cool. Now, it's going to get grim in about two seconds. Oh, All right. Because in 1922, one of Grace's colleagues, Molly uh, Maggia, M-A-G-G-I-A, she had to stop work because she was so sick. Her jaw was just killing her. Mm. And no one could really figure out why. She went to the doctor and they said it was rheumatism. Wasn't. And her teeth started falling out. And then eventually her whole jaw up to her ears just kind of was just one massive abscess. Wow. Like she oh. was, there was a doctor who was inspecting her and he just lifted a part of her jaw out of her mouth. <gasps> wow. Like it just, she'd have to walk around with a handkerchief the whole time because it was just like seeping and it was just oh horrific. And then within a year she died. So the doctors had no idea what it was because the radium companies have been lying at the time and saying that radium was safe and no one really considered it. And the doctors even just said that she had syphilis. Like, didn't cigarette companies say like how good they were for you? Doctors, yeah, doctors they did. Just, they did. Doctors smoked them. So I feel yeah. like Coca-Cola was marketed as a health thing as well. Mm-hmm. Didn't I mean, Coca-Cola is not as bad as cigarettes, but didn't have cocaine in it though originally? Uh, the original recipe did actually yeah. have cocaine and I, had, I did read that somewhere. And it was green. Yeah. Coca-Cola is coloured. Really? Yeah. It's coloured. If it's wait, not coloured, it's it actually is. this weird Don't green. I think, though, in today's society, green is associated with health. Green is good. Like green juices. Green Mountain Dew is basically vegan <laughs> from the mountain. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, yeah. really sombre. Let's get back to Grace. Yeah, we're, going, we're serious again. Sorry. She's seen this happen to her friend and she's like, fuck. Yeah. What is going on? And she's starting to get jaw pain as well. Now, this is happening around five years after she started working at the factory. And it's not just Grace. More and more of her colleagues, more and more young women are getting sick and dying in the same way. So they even actually start calling it radium jaw because the girls have figured out that that there's a big connection. Like we we all work to the same place and now this terrifying stuff is happening to us. Something's going on. Anyway, yeah, so some girls have bones just break and other girls, which is why you're talking about human glow sticks before. Mm. I remember reading this and just being spooked. So sometimes they'd get up in the middle of the night, you know, to get themselves a glass of water or, you know, go to the bathroom or whatever, and they'd see themselves in the mirror and they'd be glowing. Wow. (gasps) And they would be like, that's not good. That's where the glow girls That's where, comes from. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. They, yeah, they're Very called the ghost scary. girls like because they just – all of this radium in their systems was – and it takes a long time for it to really start acting up, which is why they're only getting symptoms sort of five years down the track because the radium has just been boring holes yeah. in their bones for all that time. So Could you imagine being someone who worked there – Watching one by one your work colleagues yeah. start mm. having these abscess draws, their bones start, their skin starts going, whatever, and knowing that's about to happen to you, but not knowing why, and no one being honest with you as to why it's happening. That would yeah. be so scary. You're just like waiting for the day. Yeah. So scary. It's a terrifying story. Yeah. Like it's, it's really, really sad. I read it years ago and it just stuck with me because I just found it so horrible. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, so they knew that something was going on and they knew that it was terrible, but people didn't believe them. Their employer denied responsibility for two years until actually the negative press just got too much because journalists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, the USRC ends up hiring an in- independent investigator to, um, you know, to suss it out. And the investigator 
to the USRC's dismay, discovers that, yeah, these girls aren't lying. They're telling the truth. And the radium company is like, well, that didn't go to plan. Mm. They hire someone else to discredit the investigator and to put out a different uh, finding. So the story is kind of buried, more or less. A few years later, 1925, the story again comes to prominence because a male worker has died and there's just more interest than Grace's doctor suggests that her jaw problems might have had something to do with her job and she's like, no shit. Um, And a specialist from Columbia University named Frederick Flynn is asked to examine her. He says that she's fine. Frederick Flynn is not only not a doctor, he's also being paid by the USRC. So there's like, these guys are really corrupt. They're really, really bad. But around the same time, another doctor called Harrison Martland sets out to see if there's a link between the work the girls have been doing and the illnesses. And he said at the time, if my suspicions are correct, this poisoning is so insidious and sometimes takes so long to manifest itself that I think it's possible it's been going on for a long time throughout the country with ever without ever being discovered then he finds the link the industry wants to hush him up but grace is determined so she goes to lawyer after lawyer after lawyer oh. and like she's sick she's really really sick but she's she's determined she's, yeah good on her. but it's really hard because it takes five years for them to show their symptoms and the current statute of limitations at the time for this to- this type of case was two years so um but you have to get sick within two years to yeah to kind of be like we're related to, oh, it's related wow. to this, but it's taken five years for the symptoms to show up. So that's a big thing. Um, radium disease wasn't even considered a disease at the time as well. So they have, they've got all of these massive hurdles. But in 1927, she finds a lawyer called Raymond Berry who says he'll represent them. This is 10 years after she started working in the factory just for context. And she's also been told that she and a lot of the girls that she's working with only have around four months to live. <sighs> oh, wow. Yeah. So Grace and her colleagues, they eventually have to settle out of court, but the coverage is huge. It's huge, huge, huge. Finally. Yeah. Now, way over in Illinois, another young woman is picking up the newspaper. She's reading the news and she is petrified. Her name's Catherine Donahue and she is another dial painter and she's going to pick up Grace's mantle. Her boss has also denied responsibility. He's even taken out ads in the paper protesting the company's innocence. And apparently this particular group of people have been stealing bones from autopsies and that sort of thing to sort of try to hush the whole thing up. Whoa. Yeah. That's it's, so gnarly. What, what the hell? <laughs> well, so that they can't study them. Yeah, like they're removing them so oh. that they don't exist. So you can't even like use stealing, it as evidence. Stealing evidence. That yeah, yeah. So disgusting. I mean, there is no level to how disgusting these guys yeah. are because it's like through the roof. Yeah. But that is so. So there's just cool. a shallow grave somewhere glowing <laughs> with people's oh. bones. Actually, yeah. The um, radium stays in the bones for a really, really long time. Wow. So the bones probably still are actually. They're probably going joint forces yeah. and now walking around just one giant. Hunting person. down, <laughs> yeah. you know, dodgy corporations. Yeah. <laughs> Glow giant. Back to the story. Yes. So by 1938, Catherine has developed a huge tumor on her pelvis. She's also losing teeth. Her mouth is also oozing. It's horrible, mm. but she's really angry. She's yeah. She's super, super angry, but 
this is also happening in the mid-1930s, which was not a great time for American businesses because of the Great Depression. So mm. even though she's actually falling apart and her employer has been poisoning women, Catherine isn't, you know, she's not Miss Popularity because she's trying to sue one of the few companies in town that's actually still functioning. And employing people. And employing people. So everyone's like, um, can you not? And she's like, um, I'm dying. So she keeps going. 1938, the case goes to court and she actually gives evidence from her deathbed and she and four of her colleagues win the case. So that's fantastic. Mm. And, the ma- and the payoffs are massive. This is the first time in America that a major employer has been held accountable for the health of its employees and it leads to major regulations and the development of the US Occupational Safety and Healthy Administration, which is yeah, like it's just health and safety. Yeah. And it's estimated to have saved thousands of lives just through tighter rules and wow. regulations. And in nineteen sixty, which was kind of surprising, like quite late, 1960? I thought Yeah, radium based paint was banned. Nineteen sixty. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, asbestos was only an issue like two years ago. Let's be honest. I know. <laughs> Obviously, that's an amazing achievement. Mm. But the fact that they had to get that far was such a battle to achieve that. Yeah, is just outrageous. But still, nothing happened until a man died. Yeah, like that's just. Do you know what suck would suck as well? These are women who were trying to do their bit for their country. Like they were yeah. painting these clock faces and they've just been, for yes. the war efforts. Licking the quills, doing their job, just getting things done. And then they're getting sick and then their country doesn't even support them. I think actually, so outside of Catherine's story, there was a lot of outrage around it. I mean, just like we're journalists. We know that we don't really write stories unless people are reading them. So obviously there actually was a ton of public interest Mm. in the stories and I think probably a fair amount of horror because thousands of young women worked in these factories i think it was four thousand whoa yeah not all of them died because some of them just weren't there for as long but um it was interesting when i was researching this i was looking on a website called damn interesting and i saw a comment on a story posted in 2006 which was my grandmother painted numbers and dials on aircraft instruments during world war ii in the same fashion and has been expecting cancer ever since so far her jaw has been fine though I wonder what other what other paints they might have been using by the 40s. So it's still like it's the sort of horror that would just track you through your life. The horror of the unknown. Yeah, After you'd be like, oh, God. Well, that's the same as asbestos. It's the same yeah. as the lead poisoning in mm-hmm. paint. Like it's, it's intense. Yeah, but it is. These weren't the only two girls. They're the ones – I keep saying girls. I, they're called the, – like they're dubbed the radium girls. They're women, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they hear some other stories. There was um, there were two other painters called Edna Hussman and Catherine Schaub that I just want to draw attention to briefly. Go for it. In 1928, who submitted to experiments while alive, formerly scientist doctors had only been able to perform experiments on women who'd already died. And Edna said, "I'm ready to undergo experiments. Together, we can face whatever danger there may be. I'm only too glad to do anything I can to help the others and maybe save lives." Aww. Wow, these are awesome women. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Fierce Females of History podcast. As always, you can find us at various locations online. One of them is our email, 
which is fiercefemalesofhistory at gmail.com. Yes, or you can hit us up on Instagram, Fierce Females Podcast, or we have a Facebook page now as Woo-hoo. well, Fierce Females of History. Um, give that a nice little like. Or if you're feeling ambitious, you can climb to the top of a mountain, light a fire, get your friend on the next mountain over to light a fire, get their friend the next mountain over to light a fire and just send beacon after beacon after beacon <laughs> until we eventually get your message. We'll have to figure out what the different beacons mean, but that's a problem for another time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. <laughs>